Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment uh, to keep my sanity. And the wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Get in a little bit higher. With the best of party, come get in good. Get in a little bit better. I'm coming to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm everybody welcome back to another episode of oh shoot i'm your host cassidy lynn and welcome to another episode i have so much to update you guys on and this is an advice column episode so you guys submitted i literally had over 200 (laughs) responses for advice so i either need to do another advice column episode and like do two advice column episodes or I don't know. It's really hard to pick the submissions because you guys all need advice. So we've got a lot of advice to share. I'm really going to jam pack it into this episode today. So we're going to fly through my life updates. Um, Okay. So let me just get right into it. I have updates for you guys. Update number one. I got back from Mexico this week and I shot my last wedding ever for 2023 in Mexico. It was amazing. Truly the best wedding I could have ended on for the year. And then I looked at my schedule and my next wedding for 2024, like the next wedding that I have is in Cabo, Mexico. So I will be back there again in May. And that's the next wedding that I have. I literally will be back in Mexico for my next wedding. So should I just get a condo in Mexico? I don't know. Probably like that's kind of making sense at this point. So yeah, it was an amazing wedding. The couple was amazing. They're acrobats. So they did like this really cool lift (laughs) in her wedding dress. It was amazing. Um, Yeah, we were there for four days, three nights technically. And it was just a blast. I got to tan. I got to experience some warm weather. Um, Yeah, it was just so, so, so good so good. Okay. And the other update I have for you guys that I was kind of teasing a couple weeks ago, but I started another podcast. (laughs) So if you're listening to this podcast, you might want to listen to my other podcast too. This podcast is with my sisters. It's called Go Off Sis. And it's me and my, technically I have three other sisters, but it's just two of my sisters because my other sister um, lives in Tennessee. So she, you know, She's in PA school, but it's me and my sisters and it's kind of just like a girly, fun, like girl talk podcast episodes come out every Wednesday. So if you listen to Oshu on Monday or Tuesday, you can catch me over there on Wednesday for a little bit of girl talk. Just some fun, just some fun episodes, truly. And the other two things I wanted to tell you guys, one, Black Friday is coming soon. I know it doesn't feel like it is, but it is. So stay tuned for my Black Friday deals. I always have my presets are on sale. My courses are on sale. um, My templates, my email templates, all of that. My brushes on sale. My merch, everything goes on sale. 
And I haven't been doing a lot of sales this year, so this is going to be your chance to really stock up on... If you've been eyeing something in my store, Black Friday is your chance, okay? And my last thing is I have some new merch coming. I know I've been talking about this for a while, but I have, like, I finally got all my samples in. I'm obsessed with a lot of the pieces. We've got some hats. I have a beanie. Um, yeah, we, I have some t-shirts, which I haven't done t-shirts in a while. So you guys are going to love them. And I'm super excited. I'm so excited to wear them. It's so hard for me because I order my merch and my samples. And then I feel like I can't wear them until I do the photo shoot because I want those samples to be in like tip top condition. Like I don't want there to be like a huge ketchup stain on a shirt because I've been wearing it every day. So I have to hold back and refrain from wearing my new pieces of merch, which is so hard for me because if I love my merch, like if it's something that I really love, which most of it I do really love, it's really hard for me not to wear it. Um, the beanie, I wore it one day, got so many compliments and I'm like, I just, I need to not wear this beanie even though I really, really want to. It's so cute. So those are my life updates for you guys. Let's get into some advice. <laughs> We've got some long submissions, but I think sometimes the long ones are nice because we get lots of context and we kind of, we understand what's going on. So let's just get into it. Hi, Cassidy. I love your podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to read my submission. You're welcome. I'm a new photographer. My neighbor and friend gave me the opportunity to get into photography. She's a photographer and offered to train me so I could work as her second shooter for the wedding she books. She helped me find a camera to buy and I jumped right in. She also wanted my help with social media management and digital advertising, both of which I have experience with. My friend's goal is to go full-time with her photography so she no longer has to work at her full-time job that she hates. I have spent 30 plus hours working on a business and a marketing plan for her including trying to teach her how to implement processes that will increase her bookings and revenue. Okay. As soon as I started booking my own clients, almost immediately, she started shooting down every single suggest suggestion I had that she asked for. <laughs> Anytime I share my own opinion on anything photography related, I am also shut down. And just to be clear, I pride myself on being a nice person. I work really hard to deliver advice in a constructive manner and to approach things in a how can we improve upon this way and not a wow, I can't believe you're running your business this way type of manner. Okay, now I'm at the part where I need advice. What do I do? The way she's treating me is really affecting my mental health, which I already struggle with. If we didn't live across the street from each other, I would probably just cut ties with her altogether. <laughs> Ahem, this is why you shouldn't go into business with your friends. I know, I know. I also do need the money from working for her as a second shooter, but her constant cutdowns are making me second guess myself so hard. The imposter syndrome is very real. Give me some of that Cassidy Lim wisdom, please. Okay. So after hearing all of that, that's a lot to take in. One of the first things that comes to my head is maybe you should not be doing like the business advice part of it. And it sounds like this photographer doesn't want to hear what you have to say. They just want you to like do what they're telling you to do. They're not open to like the growth side of it, honestly. Some people struggle with that. Some people are not 
as open to criticism as all of you are. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you want to learn and grow. You know, you have that mindset because you're literally listening to a photography podcast. But it sounds like this person is not really in that headspace. They're not really in a space where they want to grow. So my first thought is stop giving unsolicited advice, even though maybe, yeah, you said the photographer is asking for it. But, you know, some people ask for it, but they don't mean it. So I think that's one part of this like whole multi-level layered thing that you can kind of cut out is just like that side of it. Plus, like this this person's not hiring you. Are they paying you for the social media management and like for these marketing strategies? Like if you think it's a good idea, do it for yourself. You know, like do it for yourself and watch it succeed for you if it's really a good idea. Um, I mean, I think it's nice and it's a really good thing to have photography friendships and relationships with other photographers who can, you know, get you bookings and help you grow. And it sounds like this is an opportunity like that. Um, There is going to be a point where you probably won't need this connection anymore. Like you won't need to be second shooting for this person because, you know, your own business is taking off. You kind of have to put yourself in that person's shoes because, you know, they've been helping you since you were a beginner. They helped you with your first camera. You don't you don't want to go and then turn your back on them and be like, peace out. I don't need you anymore. So, I mean, I w- personally, I would con- continue to second shoot for them and maybe just like let them know like, hey, some of your comments are kind of hurting me. Like, you know, if, like in the moment, if they say something that kind of hurts your feelings, like say that to them. Be like, hey, like that's not super nice. Or like, I don't appreciate that. Um just to like put them in check, but I wouldn't up and just be like, I'm going to leave because of X, Y, and Z when you haven't even like given them a chance to, you know, be able to talk through it. You know what I mean? You have to treat it like a relationship, like a friendship. Talking through things is the first solution before you just say, I'm cutting all ties with you, you know? So that would be my advice. It's a sticky situation. I'm glad I'm not in your situation because that sounds very difficult, especially because you're just kind of a beginner and you just want any of the work that you can get. And sometimes when you're in that position, it feels like you have to make compromises. And that's really, really hard. (laughs) That's so hard. Okay. This next submission, I live in Colorado and had a client fly out from the East coast to elope here. They were super sweet. And the day itself went really well. They eloped in the Rocky Mountain National Park with my four-hour package. I built a timeline and planned the entire four hours out. I gave her sneak peeks within 24 hours and more within a week. This is when it all started to go downhill. She started making all these requests. She wanted more saturation and vibrancy and kept telling me her photos looked dull. The day itself was overcast and had some sun peeking through. She was fully aware of my editing style being a filmier vibe and had seen plenty of my previous work. I didn't want her to be upset, so I re-edited most of them by slightly warming them up and bringing up the saturation in some of the colors. This obviously took extra hours of my time, but I was hoping for the best from her. It didn't work. She then asked for raws of the entire day and said, I don't really like the filters you're putting on them. I want them to look like my sister's iPhone photos where you can see all the sun rays. (laughs) First of all, filters. (laughs) I'm not just slapping on an Instagram filter. Second of all, if you wanted iPhone quality, why hire me? As polite and respectful as I could be, I tried to stand up for my brand and my work by telling her she agreed to my style and I already adjusted many of them 
for her after her first request. After that text, she sent me an iPhone edited version of my photo where she said, don't worry, I can edit them myself, look, where she presented an incredibly oversaturated and orange skin-toned photo. I guess my question is, have you ever dealt with clients like this and how do you respond? Okay, first of all, I've never dealt with a client who blatantly says, look, I can edit them myself. Here's proof. I've never had that. That is absurd. I would never say that to a professional. I never like have a, I don't know, like a plumber coming to my house to be like, oh, you didn't do it how I like it. Look, I can plunge my own toilet. Like I would literally never say that. So that, that just kind of seems like a personal vendetta against you, honestly. How would I deal with this? I mean, check your contract, see what your contract says about your client putting filters over your photos, editing your photos. Um, you know, ultimately they are in violation of your contract, most likely. Um, so there's a couple of ways you can approach it, truthfully. Number one, just maybe start by emailing them, being like, hey, it's in the contract that you can't do that. Um, does also does your contract say anything about re-edits like my contract says like if you know something about like within 30 days like if you you have to let me know about something but it has to be within 30 days um so what does your contract say about re-edits what does your contract say about putting filters over your work most likely it probably says you can't put filters over your work so I would bring that to your client's attention. Just very respectfully send a screenshot of the contract, you know, highlight the section that you're talking about. Be like, I totally, you know, get it. But I also want you to know, like, this is what you agreed to. It's in my contract. If you wanted iPhone photos, I don't really understand why you hired me. I don't release RAWs. That's not a good representation of my brand. I never have. I never will. Um, and ultimately, you kind of have to make the choice. Are you just going to ignore it? Or are you going to turn it into a legal thing and potentially risk a bad review? Are you going to get a bad review anyway? I don't know. Like, it sounds like this person just wants to be difficult. So I'm not quite sure. Not to scare you about the bad review thing. Not to scare you. Because if you get a bad review, you have, you know, 20 other good reviews, I'm sure, to show for how you actually work. Um so yeah, it's kind of your choice. Do you want to just ignore it? And like, you know, maybe you have you have one client who, okay, they're being difficult. They're re-editing their photos. But I'm not going to go to the ends of the earth to make their life miserable because they did that. You know, maybe you feel like, oh, it isn't a good representation of my work. Well, if someone like sees that photo, the overly edited photo on that person's Instagram, let's say, they can go and see that you're tagged or whatever hopefully they tag you and they can go and see that actually that's not how you edited the photos. Um, yeah, I, that, that would be my best advice. Like I said, I've never really dealt with that and that sounds super, so, so tricky. And honestly, I'm kind of sorry that that person is treating you like that. Okay, girl, I'm at a loss. I'm new to the wedding industry. You have held my hand every step of the way. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm starting to get lots of inquiries for next year. I have this one girl who reached out to a, a wait, who reached out a couple weeks ago, and it, it's been a little sketchy. I scheduled a Zoom call with her right away, and she canceled on me. And then she reached back out to reschedule and ghosted me on that meeting. 
We rescheduled for a third time and she was 20 minutes late to telling me she was still at work. I got her phone number, gave her a call, and she she talked with me for maybe 15 minutes. She has zero info about her wedding to give me. And when I asked her about booking, she said, I need to look at other people's prices and then come back to you. But I feel like your price is the best. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. <laughs> I feel like this is not a good start to us working together. Also, I should mention that her and her fiance have been engaged since 2016. That's seven years. And they met because she was in, she was his high school bully. She also told me that she is very pagan and I am Christian and they are getting married on Halloween next year. I'm having flashbacks to your spooky stories episode. <laughs> I'm a little freaked out and I'm not sure this couple fits my vibe. Anywho, I have two questions. One, as a beginner, should I book weddings that I don't think are my style, even just for the experience? Two, if not, how do I tell them no? They said, I am not a confronta- confrontational person. Thanks, Cast. You're my photography bestie. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, there are lots of red flags here, so I'm going to make the executive decision to tell you that you should not book this person. Number one, it's on Halloween. I don't know if you like celebrating Halloween or not, but like Halloween's a good day to have off from work. So that's one thing. Number two, they've been engaged for seven years. This person is ghosting you. They're, you know, not getting back to you. I doubt if they were like, oh, I want to book with you and you sent them a contract. I kind of doubt that they would even sign that contract, to be honest. I think you're going to be saving yourself a lot of heartache and emotional (laughs) distress by just not booking them. Truthfully, just do not book them. I remember being at a place in my photography career where specifically I had a person who was a referral to me and like this girl gave me her phone number. She was in her email. She was like, oh, like she wants to schedule a call with you, like just you know, shoot her an email or whatever. I email with this person. We set up a phone call. They ghosted me. Like I call them, ghosted me. I call them again. Now my number is blocked. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like you asked for this. So I think it's a blessing in disguise when there are all of these red flags. Like there's a reason you're getting red flags and like weird feelings in your stomach. I promise you it is not worth the $2,000 or whatever it is that they're going to pay you. It is not worth the emotional distress. Also, like sometimes clients like this give you such a hassle afterwards, like kind of like one of the stories we just heard about like wanting re-edits and stuff. Like sometimes clients like this end up being like that. And, you know, they leave you a bad review because it's like, because of something that's not even your fault. So I would say you're totally going to be, thanking yourself if you don't take this. One of your questions was, do I book clients that aren't my style even just for the experience? I did that when I first started and I don't necessarily regret it. I would say more so like, okay, the clients weren't my style, but they still were like good people and respected my time. You know what I mean? Like they weren't um, penny pinchers. They weren't people that were um, nagging me for re-edits. Like they were, they were people, you know, they probably were budget shopping a little bit because my prices were low, but they never gave me a hassle afterwards. And I think 
there's a difference when you're first starting in those types of clients. You can tell the clients that are going to give you issues and the ones that genuinely like your work and like the fact that you are a little bit cheaper. So I would say, yes, book clients that aren't your style, but make sure they're still like the humans that you want to work with. Does that make sense? And um, you said, how do I tell them no? Honestly, I would just like not put any more effort in and like don't continue to reach out to them and just kind of leave the ball in their court. I don't know like where you are in the email process, but like, you know, it kind of sounds like the ball's in their court if they get back to you and they're like, hey, I want to book with you. You've got a couple options. You could be like, hey, I don't think we're a good fit. Leave it at that. You can be like, hey, I'm already booked, which is a lie, but that's, I mean, you could also say, hey, I'm not available that day anymore. Maybe because you want to take Halloween off. That's my advice. Okay. This next person says, I'm a wedding photographer. And one of my brides told me when we were getting coffee that she's considering asking me to be a bridesmaid. She doesn't have a ton of close girlfriends. And since we've been seeing each other more to help plan her wedding and work on our timeline, I feel like we're friends. By the way, she told me this after she signed the contract and sent the deposit. LOL. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm not sure what to do about it. I kind of just laughed it off and said she was sweet, but I have no idea what to do if she asked me more directly. Help. Okay. So you've got a couple options here. I mean, first of all, I kind of want to say like you're, if you're becoming such good friends with your clients that they want you to be bridesmaids, I think you're doing like a really good job at making your clients like comfortable. I think you're doing a really good job with your customer customer service. I mean, I feel like sometimes in photography, you meet certain clients and you're like, I think you're going to be my friend. And I think that's okay. Like there are some clients that are just like that. And I think that's awesome. So you kind of have to ask yourself, like, do I feel mutually that that's something that I would want to do if she does ask me to be a bridesmaid? Like, do I feel like we're close enough friends to where I'm comfortable with that? Um, You know, and it could be, I don't know how it would work with the deposit because like if your friend's like, do you give the deposit back? But you kind of have to be clear with this person. Like, if they do ask you to be a, be a bride, bridesmaid, just be real with the fact that, like, their deposit technically is non-refundable. And, like, you've turned away other weddings because they've booked their date. So, like, just be like, I like, I just don't feel like it's really fair for me to, you know, be a bridesmaid when I've been turning away other work for your wedding. That's kind of how I would take it. I would either be like, assess the situation. Do you really feel like you want to be a bridesmaid? And if not, you know, let them know you've turned away weddings for them and you'd really love to shoot it because, you know, you'd be losing out on work if you were a bridesmaid. And just be real with them. Be like, that's kind of the point that I'm in at in my business. Like, I can't just, you know forfeit a a weekend that I already had booked, you know, whatever. This episode is sponsored by Aftershoot. Aftershoot is an AI-assisted culling and editing software designed to save you hours of editing. Aftershoot offers unlimited culling and unlimited editing for a flat rate, so it's not priced per image. And Aftershoot can run without Wi-Fi, so you can edit on a plane in the middle of nowhere. Aftershoot has you covered. The culling app has lots of great features that can help you with the review process, like key faces, duplicate grouping, spray can mode, 
and more. Go to the link in the description and use code CASSIDY20 to get 20% off all aftershoot packages. That's CASSIDY20 to get 20% off all aftershoot packages. Thanks for listening and now back to the show. I just finished my first year of my official first year of of my photography business. I am part-time but was pleasantly surprised to bring in $25,000 for my first year. For 2024, $25,000, sorry, I didn't clarify that. For 2024, I have the goal of shooting two weddings a month during wedding season. I have just reached this goal, and since I am part-time, I'm only accepting 2024 weddings if they are my dream client for next year. What I'm struggling with is my pricing, specifically for weddings. I charge about $2,000 for my package that is booked most frequently. Around 80% of the brides that inquire with me book with me. But I wouldn't say I have a high inquiry rate. I reached my goal for 2024 this month and didn't have to turn down too many weddings either. Should I take this low inquiry rate but high booking rate as a sign that my prices are at a good spot? What are some signs that my pricing may be too low or too high? I know my next task will be working on increasing my demand through website redesign, advertising, consistent posting, etc. But I would love to hear some other strategies about increasing demand. Also, just wanted to say thank you for involving your listeners in the podcast. It helps a ton to hear the questions of other photographers. Okay, so what I'm going to say about this one, you work a full-time job and you are booking out. You're booked out, right? That right there is a surefire sign your prices are too low. Yeah, you're not getting a million inquiries, but how do you know that if you raise your prices from $2,000 to $3,000 that every single every single person that reaches out to you isn't still going to book with you because $3,000 is still a low price. Um, I still think you're going to get the same amount of inquiries. If you don't do anything to change your marketing, you might get a little bit of an increase just based on word of mouth because that's probably the only marketing you have going for you right now. But if you get the same amount of inquiries, let's say you get, I don't know, 10, no, not 10. Like, let's say you get five inquiries a month for a wedding and you book 80% of those. So you book four out of the five inquiries for the month. If you raise your prices from $2,000 to $3,000, maybe you only book now three out of the five people that inquire. But technically, that's still $1,000 more than you would be making booking four out of five people at $1,000. So four out of five people at at $2,000 per wedding, that's $8,000, right? But if you only book three out of five people at $3,000 each wedding, that's $9,000 plus you have one less wedding to shoot, which allows you to ultimately, you know, shoot more weddings or have more free time. So I definitely think you need to raise your prices up. Um, And... That's my reasoning because you never know. You you just don't know like who's what your booking rate is going to be like when you raise it up because your prices could be so low that you know even by raising it to three thousand you're still going to book. I personally think you're still going to book just as many weddings, um, and as your prices go up, yeah, you don't book as many, but you get to be more selective. And the people that do book with you like really do want to work with you and really love your work. Like the higher you go in pricing the more of that quality you're going to get out of your clients of just like them appreciating your work and, you know, appreciating your style. That's kind of what we see as we raise our prices up. Um, So yeah, that's what I would say about that. And then 
what else did you ask? Oh, yeah. I think that was basically all that you asked. So good for you, girl or guy. I actually don't know. Uh, but good for you. I hired a second shooter that just started her photography journey. She's a friend of a friend, so I figured why not help her out? Plus, she's one of the photographers that uses the same camera brand as me. One of the only photographers that uses the same camera brand. When I hired her for the first wedding, had mentioned that I had mentioned that there may be another wedding I need help with in a few months. Now, now she doesn't have any solo experience, and she's mostly been second shooting for other local photographers. Her pay was 35 an hour, which I think is fair for a beginner, as that's what I made when I first started out with no solo wedding experience. On the wedding day, she hijacked a lot of my poses for couples portraits and did a few poses that were so awkward and too intimate for my couple, as they are not that type of couple. Now I feel like I'm at a loss because I don't really want to hire her again for the second wedding that I mentioned, but I feel like I have to. She also seems to be expecting more compensation since she upgraded her camera gear and has extra cameras, but still she doesn't have any lead wedding experience help. So we've got two things going on here. Number one, we've got her expecting more compensation. And then number two, we have the fact that she kind of hijacked your posing. So what I'm going to say, you need to just tell her, first of all, like just give her that constructive criticism. If if you do want to ask her to shoot this other wedding with you again, give her that constructive criticism and just let her know. Give her a few more guidelines for, ex- for expectations. Like, hey, during bridal portraits, I'm going to be doing the posing. Like, I would love to have you on a longer lens, kind of off to the side, getting some details or whatever. Okay, that's one thing. Just let her know, like, I'm going to do the posing because, like, you know, we don't, you know, maybe blame it on time. We don't have a ton of time. Like, um, or like my couple just feels like more comfortable with me posing, whatever. Just let them know that because that is something important to communicate. They're not going to get better if you don't communicate that to them and how they perceive that and how they take that is kind of on them, right? Number two, the compensation thing. Now, I personally think it's up to the second photographer what they want to charge. You know, whether or not you want to pay that is up to you, but Ultimately, they get, get they get the say to be like, I want to be paid $40 an hour. And you can be like, okay, I'm not comfortable with 40. I can do 35, but 40 just is not in my budget. And then maybe you guys don't work together. Um, granted, I do think it's a really, it's a really good thing to have like one or two second shooters that you can trust that, you know, work well with you and like shoot in your style. I'd be lying if I said that it was a perfect experience working with Charlie the first time we ever shot a wedding together because it was not like there were things I hadn't communicated to him. There were things that, you know, he was doing that I didn't know he was going to do, but that I didn't want him to do. And, you know, we still go through times where I have to be like, Hey, I want you to shoot more reactions. Stop shooting the couple so much. So, I mean, it's really good to have a second shooter that you can trust and rely on. And if they want to be paid more, Sometimes that's worth it because you're building a relationship with someone. They understand your business and how they shoot, how you shoot and, you know, all of that. And that's kind of hard to train. That's hard to find. Um, So, I mean, like I said, if they want to be compensated more, I mean, the more and more they work with you, the more I think they should be compensated. And that's kind of hard. Um, But 
you know, it's only fair. I mean, yeah, maybe they don't have lead experience, but they're actually doing more second shooter experience with other photographers. So they're actually getting better and getting more experience. Although it's not lead experience, it's actually better because they're getting more second shooter experiences. So they are understanding how to be a better second shooter. You know, it's, Sometimes I think lead photographers are not always the best second shooters because they don't know how to take a step back, you know? So take from that what you want. (laughs) I recently took engagement pictures for a 2024 bride and groom and everything went well. They ended the session saying how much fun they had and that they were so excited to see the pictures. I sent them previews and a week later, the bride responded saying that they were very disappointed in the pictures. After talking to her about what she didn't like, it became evident that she didn't like things that were out of my control. Their outfits, her hair, their stiffness, etc. She wants me to still take their wedding pictures, but has expressed that she isn't confident in my abilities. Oh, boy. She also expressed that money is a factor in why they aren't thinking about finding a new photographer. So I need advice on whether it's worth it for me to change my style and risk her being disappointed in her wedding pictures or just save her money. Oh, wait. If it's worth it for me to change my style and risk her being disappointed in her wedding pictures just to save her money, or if I should offer to give her back the deposit and let her find someone else, what should I do and how do I communicate, communicate that to her? Okay, so a common thing I'm feeling in these advice submissions is unhappy clients with like things that, just are not making sense. They're unhappy with things that are not making sense. And I mean, it's, it's thing, it's things like I knew your style, but I hired you anyway. Now I don't like your style, you know, or it's, it's this, I don't like things. I don't like, you know, the, what did they say? I don't like the way my hair looks. Um, okay, wait, Sorry, I scrolled away from it. They don't like their outfits, the hair, stiffness, etc. So, I mean, just be, I would just openly communicate to your client, like, I'm sorry you feel this way. Um, there, like, there are some things that are out of my control, like your outfits. Um, what else did they say? Like your hair. Those really are not things that I'm in control of. Even, like, if the wind gusts your hair, like, that's not really, like, I don't control the wind. I mean, however, this is something we can just be more attentive to on your wedding day. Um, Maybe, I mean, I know some people that don't like doing this, but I don't mind, like, showing my, my client the back of my camera just right when you start shooting, like, portraits and be like, hey, just want to make sure, like, do you like how this is looking? Um... You know, because I have had clients that are a little bit more picky with that. Or, like, I've had a client that's like, hey, I don't like this side of my face. Like, or I have a double chin. And I just want you to be aware that I don't like the double chin. You know, I do think that as a photographer, it's our jobs to make our clients feel really good about the way that they look. And give them that confidence back. Um, And, I mean, sometimes that falls into things like outfits and hair. Um, Stiffness. I think that on a wedding day, they might be a little less stiff because they've already had experience with you. So for me, I feel like I would, okay. So the the client did say that like they were considering looking at a new photographer, which I don't love that. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of up to you. Do you want to save yourself um, emotional distress? You know, the some, you know, they might be unhappy after their wedding day. Do you want to save yourself from that? Is it worth giving them that money back and just being like, I'm done with this? Or do you think you can work with them? Like, do you think that maybe there are some things that you could be doing on the wedding day that can kind of help that? Now you know, like, okay, they didn't like their outfits. She didn't like her hair. She didn't like the stiffness. Stiffness is something that is kind of in your control a little bit. Like, obviously, if they're stiff, they're stiff. But, like, you know, you got you control poses and movements. So you can kind of help with that and aid with that with, like, prompts. Um, her hair, just making sure, like, you check with her. Maybe show her the back of the camera. Be like, hey, do you like your hair? Just want to make sure. Does everything look okay? Um, and that's something you can be aware of, too. Um, and it's up to you. It really is up to you. I don't know if that's much help. But, um, you know, sometimes with clients, if you're, I don't know if you said that you're early on in your career. You didn't say that. Um, but, you know, I think that sometimes you can work with things. Not everyone's going to be the perfect client. Um, and ultimately they signed a contract with you and you have a retainer. So, you know, sometimes it's like, I'm just going to shoot and I'm just going to do what I can. All right, moving on. I have been doing photography more aggressively in the past eight months and chasing it more as a hobbier wait hobby rear (laughs) I've never heard that more as a hobby rear hobby slash career combined something that I love that makes me money but I've been finding that my edits are different but yet still consistent from session to session if that makes sense different settings like more or less green what the lighting is based on shade at the location timing of the session makes a huge difference in my edits all of my clients have been very happy with their galleries but the advice I'm seeking is, do you think it's okay to be very to be consistently inconsistent, if that makes any sense? I use base presets and tweak from there, but each session looks different in the final product. All warm and moody, which is my style, but what I'm happy and proud to deliver in the final gallery is different from session to session. Is it okay in your eyes as a paid photographer, especially one that is still establishing? Um, Yeah. I think that's fine. In my head, the one thing I can think of is if your client has a picture in their head of, you know, maybe a a session you've done in the past and their photos don't turn out like that because the lighting is different, the location's a little bit different, and that's something that's not communicated, and then they're disappointed. So, I mean, I think it's fine if your edits are consistently inconsistent. If you're using that same base preset, that means you've had, you have like basically the same coloring and the same exposure. It really just is dependent on your lighting and location. So, I mean, as long as you are, I would say like, make sure your clients are showing you like what they expect slash want out of their session, like what they want the end result to look like. Just so you can be like, okay, they liked golden hour at the beach. So I'm probably not going to take them indoors to a studio in the middle of the day. You know, like I'm going to make sure that what they want is actually what I give them. And, you know, that's really all that you can do. And I think it's fine if you, if you're still loving your sessions, I think it's fine that they're consistently inconsistent. 
if you weren't using the same base preset, I would say maybe no. And I also think it's important to, if you are consistently inconsistent, make sure that shows up in your marketing and on your Instagram feed and stuff. Make sure that you're showing all those different variations so that people don't expect like golden hour at the beach every single session because that's not what you deliver. So as long as your expectations are are there and you've communicated to your client and you've also, you, you know, you also hear back from them on what they're expecting, lighting, location wise, then I'd say you're fine. Yeah. I don't see a problem with it. I second shot for a photographer that has been doing weddings for 10 years. I'm going into my second year. And she asked me how much I charge wedding clients. When I told her, she realized my prices weren't too far off from hers and told me I need to lower them because it's a liability on my end to charge such high prices without having the experience to back it up. Oh, boy. I was booked out during busy season and I haven't had a complaint slash unhappy client. And I told her that. Do you think this was genuine or she just didn't like that I was charging prices similar to hers? Also, any advice on how to handle competitive photographers, especially when you respect their work and second shoot for them? P.S. You literally got me through my whole first year of photography with all the education and advice that you share. So thank you. Wow. 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 I am kind of speechless um, because this is none other than that tenure photographer being insecure and thinking that you shouldn't charge as much as them because they have more experience than you. Um, Goodbye. That is not the mindset that we condone. That's not how we are around here. Um, And I think that you should raise your prices. <laughs> no, I mean, I could understand, you know, if you've been shooting for that long and then, like, this person who just started shooting, like, tells you they charge that much. I would be like, bro, what? But also, like, this is not a mindset of, like, community. Not at all. This person probably is now viewing you as competition. They probably didn't when you first started shooting with them or like when they first, you know, when you started shooting this wedding together and then like instantly probably started viewing you as competition. Um, so, you know, this is 100% on that person. I actually think it's really cool that you are able to charge what you charge and you're still you're booking people. I think that's great. This is kind of giving that whole thing where people were like, you needed a degree in order to like be able to charge more as a photographer. Um, that whole thing that was going around. And this is kind of giving that same energy of like, you don't have the experience, so you can't charge that much. My question is who says, who is the rule maker of how much you can and can't charge? As long as you're booking, you can charge whatever you want in order to book. Okay? There's no rules. There's no, you know, guideline for how much you can charge. You only have two years of experience. You can only charge up to this. No, that is literally not true. Some people are just better at marketing and just better at booking. And I don't know. (laughs) Just better. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of, like, mad that this person did this to you because, like, you're slaying. Um, okay. And then advice on how to handle competitive photographers. I, 
I just, I don't like really come across that many competitive photographers. And when you do, it's just, it's like, why? Like, so, I mean, if someone's being competitive with you, like just either don't talk to them about photography anymore just like completely cut that out. Be like, I don't want to talk to you about photography. We can still be friends, but I don't want to talk about like business and stuff because you're going to get competitive about it. Um, Ultimately there's always enough clients and shoots and weddings to go around. So I never feel like I need to be competitive. Truly. Like it's, it's never worth it in my opinion. So just forget the haters. (laughs) This person says I'm nine months pregnant and I'm due by the end of November. I feel like this baby might come early, but I have clients booked two weeks before my due date. All of my previous babies came on their due date, so I was never worried about them coming early. But I went to the doctors recently and they told me I'm already starting to dilate and the baby is preparing to come any day now. (laughs) I don't want to cancel if I don't have to because they're all so specific about having me as their photographer But I also don't want to leave them high and dry in case I have the baby sooner than expected. What should I do? Okay, so this is a situation that you, (laughs) your baby is coming, okay? You have no choice. The baby is coming. So what are we going to do? The baby is coming. Your chances are very high. You're going to miss those weddings, okay? I'm just laying out the facts here for you. Just going to be straight up and honest. If that doesn't end up happening, if you are able to shoot the weddings, great. That's amazing. But right now it's looking like that's not going to be an option. So we have to come up with a plan. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what the plan is. Okay. I'm just going to give you the plan straight up. So here's the plan. You are going to find associates for each of those weddings. Okay. You're going to have them lined up. You're going to make sure they're available, whatever. Then you're going to go to the two clients and you're going to say, hey, I am, did you, also a question, I guess, did they know like when your due date was and like that their wedding was going to be really close to your due date? That's a question I have for you. Um, But anyway, you're going to go to them and be like, hey, I just want to let you know the situation. I want to give you a heads up. As a bride, I would want a heads up, okay? Just going to, just going to give you a heads up. I am probably going to have my baby before your wedding and, you know, explain the whole thing about how you didn't think it was going to happen, but it's just what's happening. Um, tell them that you have two awesome associates lined up. Maybe be like, Hey, I know like I'm not going to be able to be there. I would love to offer you a couple hundred dollars off because my associate packages normally are cheaper anyway, because I'm not able to be there. So like, you know, offer that to them and just see what they say, because one, you want to give them the heads up. You do not want to come to them two days before their wedding and be like, Hey, I can't shoot your wedding. That is not what we want. So come to them. If you're listening to this podcast episode, stop what you're doing right now and go and email them. Actually go and figure out your associates first and then go and email them. Lay all this out for them. This is the only solution. Um, I do not want you leaving these people high and dry because that's not good business practice. Um, you know, they're going to have a sour taste in their mouth from you And you have enough time in advance to find an associate to shoot for you. Okay. That's what you're going to do. Congrats on your baby. I hope that it all goes smoothly and that this all works itself out. That would really stress me out. (laughs) 
that's one thing I don't understand if I'm just going to dwell on this for a minute about like pregnancy and like having children and photography. Like I need to talk to someone who like has done this before. I'm actually interviewing someone in a couple of days. So maybe I'll ask her like, how do you plan around a pregnancy? How much time do you need? Like how, how close to your due date to schedule? I saw a girl who's an injector who literally was booking people for injection appointments the week that she was due and I'm like how do you know like I don't know I just I don't get it so if anyone else knows let me know (laughs) hi I'm seeking advice on how to book clients while still in high school I feel I provide quality work but I want to always improve I've been working on it a lot and I've been posting on Instagram consistently still find myself doing model calls though and getting no inquiries at all I love photography and don't want to give it up but no one at my school will pay I even drop my prices $90 and still have people say it's too expensive. Please provide, provide any tips for reaching more people and getting more bookings. I love your podcast and I love you. You've been such a great resource for me as I grow my business. So thank you. Wow. Um, I think it's really cool that you're doing photography in high school. I think that's amazing, but people don't have money in high school and you know, right now your client base most likely is your peers So what I can say is it's going to get better as you get older and you get more experience. People are going to start to have money as you go into college and hit that age, your 20s. People start to get money because they start working. So I do want to give you a piece of like encouragement and tell you it will get better because right now your peers don't have money. What you need to do is start marketing towards people that are older than you. That's going to be your ideal client base. But, but you have to build that base. You have to build the base of paying clients. Now, I do think it's a good like long game strategy to, you know, do sessions with people who are your age right now and like work with them. And then as they get older and they start getting married, they start having kids, they start needing senior photos even, then you can be like their go-to photographer. So I would say do like a mix of both keep with your peers and, you know, doing free shoots or even just like really cheap shoots, because at this point it's just helping you grow and get experience and build those relationships. And then once the time comes, I promise paying clients will come right now. What can you do? Most likely you want to seem like you're older on Instagram, no offense, but like on Instagram, if you seem like you're a little bit older, you might get more of like those college age 20 year old bookings. Um, So I think Instagram is probably going to be your best bet for getting paying clients right now. So continue to pour into that um, so that you can hit the right market of people. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you're a high schooler, high schooler and you listen to this because I think You know, I knew photographers in high school when I was in high school and it was so cool. And they're still photographers today. I think it's amazing. Unhappy clients. I'm I'm newer to photography and charged on and charge on the lower end for my area. But I've stayed extremely booked for my first few months in business. I feel like with that, it brings the bargain shoppers and people more likely to complain. I've had clients unhappy with their own self-image, grumpy husbands, unruly kids, and they always blame me and my work. It's a huge knock to my confidence and honestly makes me want to take take a step back from shooting because it's already hard enough working a full-time job and doing photography on the side. But it's downright exhausting when you're also de- dealing with unhappy clients. Any advice? Okay, you've got another job. 
you're you've got other income. I don't think you need to be taking clients that are going to be budget shoppers. You know, there is a period where sometimes you have to take what you can get. I mean, I mentioned earlier in this episode, you can tell if someone's going to be like a red flag client. And I don't think you should ever take those clients. But um, personally, I would say like take less and be more picky about who you're taking, especially because you're saying like you were extremely booked. You So that means you have experience now. You have another job. I think you're at the point where you can be a little bit more picky and just be aware of like this, per- this person's kind of showing signs that they might, you know, be one of those clients that I don't want to work with. Um, yeah, that's my best advice for you. Just filter out those people more and more. Like I said, you have a full-time job, so it's not like your entire life relies on photography. So you can be a little bit more picky about who you choose to work with. Yeah. And I mean, if you've already booked them and they're already giving you a hard time, then, I mean, you just deal deal with it as professionally as you can. Remember, they're still a client. They still have the ability to give you a review. And yeah, you know, have a contract in place to make sure that those unhappy clients don't have anything that they can complain about because the contract says, you know, whatever. Obviously, like, there needs to be a little bit in the contract for the client about, like, revisions and stuff. Like, you don't want to just be the person that's like, my contract says once you get the photos, that's it, and you can't do anything about it. Like, that's not really great customer service either, but having a good contract in place will help if you don't already. And if you do, refer back to it. I've been dying to write in a submission. I listen to your podcast every Monday and the submission episodes are my favorite. I have a question about a recent senior shoot I just did. I tend to undershoot on my images just slightly, but I recently uploaded photos to my computer and the ones I have of my senior with their family are the darkest pictures I've ever taken. I think it was because I was in the shade. I tried to lighten them up and use a mask to reduce the noise, but they're still too grainy and I'm not sure what to do. Any tips on making photos not grainy? My ISO was as low as it could go. Thank you. So the reason the photos end up grainy is because, okay, yeah, your ISO was as low as it could go, but it needed to be higher in the moment to get proper exposure. Um, So you need to properly expose your images. That's how you're going to avoid that grain. When your photos are pitch black, naturally, like there's going to be noise in the image because you have to bring up that exposure so high. So you were in the shade, make sure you take a test shot, raise your ISO. It's okay to raise your ISO, figure out your ISO's limits. You know, if you're in the shade, usually in the shade, I'm at around ISO 320 or 400. That's okay. Being at ISO 100 and you're shooting pitch black, like you're in the daytime, but it's looking pitch black. That's not going to be a good thing for editing. It never is. So just make sure you're properly exposing. Um, it's okay to raise your ISO. Okay. It'll actually help you. It'll help to raise your ISO to get proper exposure. Okay. Get proper exposure. That's all I'm saying. I had a bride cancel on me as her wedding photographer, eight hour package because she quote, didn't like the posing from the engagement shoot. I then saw a Facebook group post looking for a photographer for the same date and location for just couples photos after a courthouse wedding. 
I'm constantly reflecting on the other clues in this Facebook post versus what she said about not liking my posing and wondering if it's my abilities or some personal reason they may have canceled their original wedding day plans to have a courthouse wedding. Any advice on bouncing back from this? Um, it, It doesn't sound like that was you. It sounds like they had other things going on. You don't just cancel eight hours of coverage and be like, oh, we didn't like your posing and then go to to a courthouse wedding and only want two hours of coverage. What it sounds like is they were locked into a big wedding day and wanted to get out from all their vendors and do like a small elopement and save money is what it sounds like. I would say that 100% has nothing to do with you at all. So don't let, let it affect you. Like sometimes we take these things personally, but I promise you it was probably not a personal decision, especially if you can like verify that they went down to a smaller wedding and you know, they want less coverage that has something to do with you. Okay. That has something to do with the fact that they signed a contract that they weren't ready to sign and pay the deposit that they couldn't follow up on. And I stand by that. (laughs) I would love advice on dealing with this other photographer in my area. In fact, she's my best friend's sister. I really don't know what I should do, but even before I was a but even before I officially started my business, she was trying to compete with me and copy slash try to one up me. Now that I started my business, I've shot a few weddings and have booked more. She's like more hostile, I guess is the word because she has, she hasn't booked yet. I don't know. It's so strange, but I can't escape it since she's a few years older than me. It kind of feels I kind of feel down about it sometimes. I would love to hear your advice. Um, you can't control other people's actions or mindsets. What you can control is what you do. So you can control how much you talk about your business and your bookings around this person. Um, you know, some it's a it's a privilege to hear about your business and your bookings and behind the scenes of it. And if someone can't handle that, stop talking to them about it. Stop bringing it up. Now, if they follow you on Instagram and they're just seeing those things naturally, that's on them. Like the content they consume and choose to feel bitter about, that's not on you. That's on them. Um, But I mean, ultimately, this person is causing a rift between the two of you. And I mean, that's not really your fault. Like if you're not rubbing it in, if you're not overly talking about it, like this person is just looking for something to complain about. Um, it's hard when you have success and other people in your life are doing the same thing and don't have that same success. That's really tricky and you feel guilty about it, but ultimately that's not your fault. Okay. It's not your fault if someone else is not like succeeding. Like, it's not like you're going around and trashing their name. Um, you also have to think about the fact that like, it's your best friend's sister, like, Something like this could come between you and your best friend, although you don't want it to like it could. So just be aware of that and like don't be too blunt about things or too upfront. Don't risk the friendship over something as stupid as like your little sister's jealous of me because of my success. That's stupid. Like don't risk your friend, your best friend's friendship for that. Do I still raise my prices next year? And by how much? If I'm not fully booked. I had probably 20% of my slots not get booked this year, but prime time slots were full AF. I shot 65 senior sessions and 60 fall minis from mid-August to now. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. 
My season was short because I had a baby in July. I don't feel overwhelmed after using Imagine AI for the editing, but I'm wondering how I can make more money next year. My rates are 150 for a mini um, full gallery, $50. I don't know what that means. And, or maybe, oh, 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 like you give the full gallery for 50 extra dollars, maybe. And 475 for two hour senior sessions in the Metro Detroit market. Also, advice on not working every weekend. <laughs> uh, so you're asking about not working every weekend, which means your open slots maybe shouldn't be open. Like maybe you need to be more strict about your schedule. I do think that, you know, if you find yourself booking 80% of your open time slots, yeah, you should raise your prices up. And I mean, you said your prime time slots were full AF. So I, I don't know if I've shared this before in the podcast. I think I have. But basically the idea of charging more for prime slots because that's what everyone wants. And if the demand is there, raise your prices on that. So that would be one of my pieces of advice. Maybe don't like raise your prices drastically, but only raise your prices for those prime slots since that seems to be like what the demand is for. That would be my advice. And how much should you raise it for? Raise it up to, I don't know, whatever makes it worth it for you. And like if you even raise your minis to like 250 or something and then your seniors up to like 550 or 575, you can just kind of see how things book out and like you'll have more time on your hands too. Yeah, you'll book like maybe not as many clients, but you're still making the same amount of money and you have more free time. So the way that you're going to not work every weekend is actually by raising your prices and being more strict about your schedule and just making sure that you like block out weekends to enjoy life. Okay, so this is kind of dark, but I have struggled with addiction for the past decade and I can finally see a real future for myself. But I've absolutely destroyed my reputation as a photographer in my area slash clientele loop. I've been unreliable, flaky, bad at communication, and just all the things you are when you're completely out of it and not yourself. How do I show my clients that I've changed? How can I work as hard as possible to show them I truly care and feel awful about the past and want to move forward because this is my biggest dream ever? Um, so that's a really hard situation to be in. I've never been in that situation. I don't know. Take my advice with a grain of salt because I genuinely have never been in your situation before. But I can just tell you kind of what I think you might want to try to do. Um, at this point in time, the biggest thing you need to repair is your reputation. That's the biggest thing that's going to keep you from booking. Um, so you need to be transparent with people. I mean, you were transparent with me on this submission. Be transparent with your past clients. Um, if you do have people that past clients that reach out to you and want to work with you, be transparent about that. Be like, I struggled in the past. I'm working on getting better slash I think I'm in a much better place and I'm sorry that I did this to you. You know, own it. And, you know, offer them, I don't know, like offer them an opportunity for redemption. Maybe, maybe there's someone that you just straight up canceled on and you, you know, something like that, uh, like come to them, come to them honestly and offer that chance of redemption. Also be prepared for people to just not be willing to 
offer that redemption to you, but there are going to be people who will. And I think those are the people that you want to focus on. You really need to work on building your reputation up. Um, start working with businesses. Start working with people you haven't worked on, worked with in different circles. Um, start building up your Google reviews. You know, ask your friends and family to build that up for you. Ask yourself, what are the things that are important reputation-wise when I'm looking for a photographer? Like in my head, what were the what would be reputation things that I would be looking for? And start to really work on those then as the photographer. It's going to take time because once a reputation's kind of torn down, that's really hard to build back up, but I'm not saying it's impossible. And I definitely think you can do it. Um, other options would be to completely rebrand. If you're like, this is new me, new year, new me, do a rebrand and be like, this is completely different. Like you're doing things completely different now. And you know, maybe you can have some systems in place that are going to show your clients, this is actually what I'm doing to make sure I don't flake on you and I don't miss your session because I have, um, reminders set up. I have, you know, a workflow of me like sending reminder emails to you and me, like taking those action steps and then showing that you're, you know, willing to just change and that you've changed, that's going to be a great thing to do with past clients. With new clients, I don't think you need to mention that at all. Um, as long as your actions speak for themselves, like your actions speak for your new reputation, your new habits. That's, I think that's really all that you can do at this point. Um, yeah. Good for you. I'm proud of you. And um, thanks for being open in your submission. Um, I'm excited for you to just build it back up because it sounds like you love it. You love photography. So I'm excited for you for this new blank page, this fresh start. I love it. We have time for two more submissions. Okay. I get so nervous when wedding consult, when doing wedding consultations, and I feel like I don't know how to run one smoothly. I have notes, but the couple always seems like they're nervous as well and don't want to share unless prompted. Sometimes I feel like clients love my work, but after the consultation, I'll be ghosted and feel like it's because of me. Could you go through your consultation process and what steps you go through, what to discuss, and how to ensure they feel confident enough to book you? Side note, this would be an awesome podcast episode. So I actually do have a podcast episode on this. Episode 116 is my podcast episode on phone calls, consultation calls. So go check that out. Um, I mean, I'll just give you like a quick piece of advice, but like my full breakdown is in that episode. Um, when it comes to phone calls, you really do want to lead the conversation. Um, I think when you lead, you just show that you're able to take charge on a wedding day. Um, you know, it kind of just shows that you're confident and you can pose. Like, I feel like all of that is kind of interpreted in a phone call, like when you lead the conversation, but it's so important for you not to do all of the talking. Um, when you ask the couple questions and you get to know them, but you're still leading, I think those are like the best ways to conduct a phone call is to lead the conversation, but always ask questions and like get them to interact because people love to talk about themselves and you really want to, um, feed off of that, you know? Okay, last submission. What's it going to be? 
Okay, wait. There's two more submissions I want to do. Okay, we'll do two more. I'm sorry. This is going to be a long episode. I had surgery on my back in September, and I let my clients know, but one client decided to reach out to me that week of my surgery several times, and since I didn't respond, she disputed the payment for her wedding that was four weeks away and never communicated with me even after I tried to reach out to her. She signed a contract and everything, and the bank approved her dispute, including the non-refundable retainer. So what truly does a contract do because I did not feel like it protected me as the vendor? And clients can be so insensitive for real. (laughs) Okay, so here's the deal. At this point, if you've reached out about it, you have no other option than to take legal action if you would like that money back. Because you do have a contract in place. The bank did not see that contract. The bank is just doing what's best for the bank, which is making their customers happy. So you either need to take this to small claims court, show proof, you know, go to a lawyer, show proof that you communicated that you weren't going to be available um, during that week of your surgery and show proof that they signed a contract saying that they can't do that. Um, If you want that money back, that's your option. (laughs) Honestly, that's it. That's all you can do. And that sucks. That really, really sucks. How would you deal with a spouse who is unsupportive of your photography business? He's a penny pincher, and I absolutely understand where he's coming from, but getting into newborn photography isn't cheap if done the right way. Education is at the top of priorities, which also isn't cheap. Equipment and and props, etc. add up. I'm definitely not saying I need all the props and top-of-the-line gear now, but all he sees are the upfront costs. I see the potential and the and I have the absolute passion for it stemming from our previous miscarriage. Okay, so that's really tricky. I, um, yeah, I think you try to be as budget-friendly with it as you can, but also you kind of have to understand where he's coming from as well. And maybe you do save up for it. You don't just splurge on all of it. It doesn't sound to me like you're spouse isn't trying to be like they're not trying to be unsupportive they're just trying to be like reasonable and practical so I would say like go to your spouse and ask for a compromise and be like hey I totally understand where you're coming from as far as money goes um here are some of the things that I'm going to try to do to cut down on those costs um I mean there are you know there's things that you can do to make the startup costs uh less you know there's there's things that you can compromise on that aren't going to be ideal but you know that's sometimes what you have to do um you mentioned education you know sticking with a free podcast or maybe like just one course for now you know and then you can do more as you start to make more money um yeah that's just it's tricky but like you you want to really try to think of it from their perspective as well as yours and come up with that middle ground of like, how can we make this work still? Because this is my passion, but also be um, money aware. You know, there's compromise. You have to compromise. Okay, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, comment any like podcast 
episode ideas that you have. Like what episodes do you want me to do? Leave me a comment if you're on YouTube. Write me a little comment and let me know like topics that you'd want me to cover. And if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, guys, please leave me a review. I'm begging you. I'm just kidding. But I would love for you to leave me a review or like a little thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Um, I just love to see that you guys are loving the podcast. That's it for this week. I will see you next Monday and have an amazing rest of your day. Exposure with all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure. All the layers above all the edits and tweaks I know her. I am so done needing more time developing in my Doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand, whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking it. Doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand, whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you. Getting a little bit higher with different step I take. in a little bit better I'm climbing to the top never gonna stop I'm getting good getting a little bit higher with every step I take I'm getting good getting a little bit better I'm climbing to the top never gonna stop I'm getting good oh shoot